Hello, you're very welcome to Erring It Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Sinead McLaughlin, SDLP, MLA for FOIL. Our discussion will focus on the recently launched New Ireland Commission. I will be asking her what the vision and activity of the Commission hopes to achieve for the people on this island, and if this is preparation for the eventual unification of Ireland. I will then move on to discuss the educational issues that young people are facing, such as the cap on university entrance in Ireland, and also the postgraduate funding issues that lie ahead. All this coming up next on Airing It. joined by Sinead McLaughlin, MLA for Foil and Derry. Sinead, you're very welcome to Airing It podcast. I'm delighted to be here and thank you for asking me, Ben. Yep, you're very welcome, Sinead. Um, so in this discussion, I'm going to talk about, uh, I suppose, unification and more importantly, the education issues that are facing young people and the brain drain that has, is having an effect in Northern Ireland at the moment. And so, Sinead, the first question is, tell us a little bit about this Shared Island Commission that was recently launched by the SDLP. And why is there so much uh, pump about it at the moment in the media? And the people who are involved in it are very broad um, reaching. And like we have a Methodist minister Norman, uh, Reverend Norman, um, uh, we have ex-IRA prisoners, uh, we have economists, entrepreneurs, etc. Why is it so broad and who is it actually targeting um, and what benefit will it be in the future to young people? Okay, um, well, it, it, it's called the New Ireland uh, Commission uh, and really uh, set up by the SDLP in order for us to start the hard work um, that is involved in uniting the people of Ireland. Um, I think uh, it's very throwaway to, to, for, for any politician uh, to, to context the, the, the nationalist question, um, just uh, by, by plainly stating that our aim is for United Ireland. But there's many questions underneath that. What does that mean? What does unification mean for our economy? What does unification mean for for those um, that 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 perhaps don't don't see that um, as their identity or they identify uh, as British within the context um, of the United Kingdom and where their place is in this uh, New Ireland that we talk about. Um, this is a, a piece of work that needs to be done uh, and we want to ensure that all voices um, can feed in and contribute to that conversation. So that is why um, it's a broad church because, you know, Ireland um, is uh, built up of all nations and all citizens and all genders. And, uh, and we want to unite that conversation 
and knit that conversation together and that is why uh, it is so broad and, and it's not something that is um, that is confined as the conversation uh, grows and develops we will be adding new voices um, into the commission uh, and looking for in particular the voice of our young people because we want to build a new future for everyone uh, and the, the, the contribution to uh, that future lies within our youth population. So we're having, going to have a specific strand um, that looks uh, and has uh, our new generation uh, building that future and what that Ireland looks like to them. Um, so it's the beginning of a conversation, um, I suppose, uh, within the context of the SDLP and our political ideology, we've been talking about this for, for decades. Um, but this is, uh, I think, Brexit um, has uh, brought the issue of unification um, closer. Um, and, and COVID indeed uh, has also um, been um, a, a driver for this because we see that a lot um, of the best of us is actually in the context of our geography. Uh, uh, and how we protect ourselves um, uh, as a nation, as a people, uh, and as a society, uh, and, uh, and looking even towards climate change and how we can do all of that uh, much better. So um, we are united in and around things like our healthcare, and, and I speak um, uh, as a, a political representative here in Derry, but our closest hinterland and our closest neighbours is Donegal, and really you can't uh, do anything, but you've got to take into the context of, of how we operate as a region, our economy operates um, in a cross-border basis, um, our social you know, provision does the same, or, or tourism is the same. So if we talk in isolation or if we partition any of those conversations, then you're really um, not uh, fully recognising uh, the benefit of um, that cross-border conversation and that uh, ambition for a better life for our citizens. And that's why we're doing it now uh, and, uh, and feeding in. And it's opportune um, now uh, as well because it will feed into um, the Shared Island Fund um, that has been set up by the, the Taoiseach and working collectively together to build a better place and a better place that we all come from. Yeah, that's, that's great, um, Sinead. Um, you basically have highlighted there the importance of the interconnectedness of the island and its economy infrastructure etc um like a whole uh, covid19 has definitely highlighted that importance of working alongside each other and the work that robin swan and um stephen donnelly have been doing for with regards to health service we had support with the ambulance coming up north of the border to Newry and the likes of Belfast this is a new beginning in a sense that you talk about do you think it's the right time at the moment or do you think it should have been started a little bit earlier um, and is this a kind of a soft nationalist approach to unification or um, is it a better approach to, to a poll in a sense in the future or do you think this should be the starting game? I, I don't think this is soft at all. I think mm. that this 
is um, we're, we're taking the hard, uh, the hard route. It's very easy to throw out, um, oh, we need a border pole, but without any work, without any direction, without any destination, it's just lazy. Uh, and it's not what politicians should do. You know, you want to lead people to a destination, so therefore you've got to paint that picture. What does it look like? What does our health service look like? What does our education system look like? You know, what does the housing provision look like? There's lots of very, very difficult conversations that need to be had. There's a lot of work to do. This is not soft. And this is not lazy. This is hard work. Uh, and we bring people around whenever we actually have done that work. And we have seen how lazy politics actually is so detrimental to everyone whenever the Brexit referendum is called without any vision, without any plan, without any direction, without any, you know, what does Brexit mean? Well, what does a united Ireland mean? What does a united people on the island of Ireland mean? What does political infrastructure look like? What, you know, what is the destination? And will people feel that they have a role in it and they have a voice in that new island that we are trying to persuade others that this is the right thing to do? Um, so no, this is not this is not an easy way. This is not soft. Um, uh, this is true politics in action. That's great. Yeah. So thanks for that, Sinead, um, for highlighting the importance of preparation and dialogue. That's kind of a key to to eventual achievements that you hope to achieve. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, we know from Brexit that. Um, the negative effect of that was because we didn't have enough maybe preparation, if you'd agree with that point. Um, but now we have to kind of move on to the educational uh, issues that have been brought up. Um, and you, you yourself have passionately and ferociously um, defended in uh, Stormont that there should be more um access to funding for students and also uh, with regards to a cap that has been a hindrance um, also to students and graduates alike. Um, could you talk a little bit about about this cap in Northern Ireland? We know like uh, university places in Queen's University um, and further down the border in Trinity College that I think it was 40% of Irish students can only apply. Is it justifiable that there's a cap for Northern Irish students studying who want to stay and study in Ireland and eventually get a job in Ireland. And the effect of this is that there's a brain drain and people are living in Manchester and London and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, I mean, we have a serious, a really serious problem um, with our education policy here in Northern Ireland. It's not fit for purpose uh, and it's driving away our young people. Uh, on a yearly basis. A third of our young people leave Northern Ireland each year um, to seek higher education places in other parts um, of Great Britain and um, uh, a large, large number of them never choose to return again. Um, that is um, a shocking statistic in, in, in any um, in any countries, uh, you know, uh, highlights but it, it is really having a severe impact on our economy um, within uh, the context of, of Northern Ireland. And I want to see this changed. 
it has had a really bad effect on the economy of the Northwest in particular, because those higher education places that are here in Northern Ireland are predominantly based um, in the Eastern Province. And when I say the Eastern Province, I, I mean Belfast. And um, so we would have um, approximately 4,500 uh, higher education students places here uh, in our university campus in McGee and Derry. And um, there is uh, 30 or 40,000 students based in Belfast uh, city centre. So we can see very, very clearly um, how that can impact on the economy for investors. Uh, and employers, and um, the, the the you know the the life of any company depends on the skill profile that they have within the the, the region in which they uh, work and deliver their their uh, business. Uh, and and we have a scale here in in, in the northwest that is just so poor. But the overriding um, political policy. Um, within Northern Ireland is to put a student cap on numbers of higher education students. So in fact, we uh, as politicians are implementing a barrier to growing and expanding our higher education um, in, in Northern Ireland. And they do it um, for supposedly monetary purposes because they can't afford to subsidise um, a number of higher education uh, students within Northern Ireland, but it's like I mean, it's like an own goal. It's it's dreadful. No other country does this um, because what we are, are are saying is we can't afford to train you. We can't afford to help you study uh, and stay here. Um, uh, but they don't think about what the cost is to somewhere like Northern Ireland and to somewhere like Derry um, by letting those students go and never come back because um, it's driving down our productivity, it's driving down our salaries and wages. We uh, you know, have, have the lowest productivity of all regions in the, the UK and, and it's closely aligned um, by what we are doing within our education policy. So we have a lot of work to do uh, in relation to um, redeveloping, you know, starting um, looking at education policy and building for the future because currently and for the past few decades um, it has been failing uh, the people of Northern Ireland and more importantly it's been failing our young people uh, and we're sending them away and a lot of them, you know, apply for university places here in Northern Ireland and are rejected. They can't get in. It's not that we're we're, we're saying to young people, you've got to stay here in Ireland. You can't go anywhere else. Uh, blah blah blah. Of course, the world should be their oyster, um, but it should also be able. They should also be able to choose to go to university here. Uh, and I really um, am concerned about the social context of it as well, because you know it is. Um, it, it, it's it's unduly um, being, you know, against those young people that are 
perhaps in, in uh, you know, have, have more challenges socially and economically uh, than, than maybe the middle classes where they can afford to go uh, and, you know, go to university in the Manchesters and, uh, and London and, uh, and other places, whereas um, they, 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 there are people that are prohibited from doing that because they haven't got the money. I had a, a conversation yesterday with a lady and um, her son wants to do a master's and um, he had been accepted for Liverpool, but she's a single mother, single working mother, uh, and she can't afford for him to go to Liverpool um, because we don't adequately, also we don't adequately fund our postgrads uh, either. And, you know, they, 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 they don't get the same level of maintenance uh, provision that you would in the UK. And like, she's really in the quandary, you know, she doesn't want to prohibit or be an obstacle to her son and he's the first generation in her family that has actually gone to university and now he wants to do a master's and she's extremely proud of him um but she's panicking you know how, how, how can she facilitate this as a single uh, mother uh, and wants him to go you know the cheapest route to this is that he goes to university here at home mm. Um, rather than travel, you know, go away because at least accommodation and that maintenance is uh, is covered by by her. So there's really major major issues uh, in Northern Ireland um, around our education policy. It's failing our people. It's failing those um, in, in in the most deprived areas of Northern Ireland, uh, and it there is no sub regional balance. Uh, whatsoever in, in delivering higher education uh, within the context of the whole of Northern Ireland is predominantly leaning towards Belfast. And then we have uh, foreign direct investors or investors hoping to come in to Northern Ireland to grow their organisations and businesses and they choose to look at where the students are. Uh, and, and places like Derry are left behind. So it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a it's a non-ending sore um, how much we feel our young people here in Northern Ireland. Um, and it's one of the reasons, I suppose, that I'm in politics, um, to be honest, because uh, I have a book there about um, how shocking our educational policies are here in Northern Ireland. And don't even start me about integrated education or any of that, because um, we, we waste an awful lot of money and we don't spend them in the right places. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, uh, Sinead. No, um, I absolutely um, can relate to that young fella that was wanting to go to university um, to study a postgraduate. Um, I'm probably the first in my family. Um, in fact, I am. And that was one of the barriers and um, going to Northern Ireland the, the, there's no incentive to encourage um, people from working class communities to go to a uh, university in Northern Ireland because th there is no support and that it that had to I had to rely on support for my education and it's something that um, resulted in me having to go over the border for uh, that support where it is um there um it's not there in belfast um it's definitely not there in Derry, um and the opportunities are lesser over in Derry, i'm sure anyway with the less places in that um so yeah it's it's kind of a sticking point 
for for us as young people um, and hopefully that gets resolved in the future and it's assessed. There is currently a consultation um, by the Department uh, for the Economy out um, looking at uh, funding mechanisms and um, funding and support uh, and maintenance um, and um, I certainly will be feeding very strongly my views is that uh, I just feel, you know, uh, we have a devolved administration, this is a devolved issue um, and um, with serious, serious problems and um, we've wasted 14 years uh, within the DUP and Sinn Féin um, power sharing uh, group uh, and it hasn't been addressed at all. Uh, and if, you know, we are not going to um, sort out other fundamental problems without addressing the education because it then has a negative impact on our economy uh, and at least a lot of young people without, um, you know, support, without ambition, without, you know, aspiration that they will be able to achieve you know, a good job, a well-paid job, uh, and a future, and build a future, and build a home, and build a family here in Northern Ireland, if they're constantly thwarted uh, uh, and let down by an education system that seems to prefer uh, and uh, look after, you know, those that are uh, maybe come from, from middle to, to upper class backgrounds. Uh, and you can see, you can see some of this playing out on our streets. You know, we, we talk about there was rioting there over Easter, maybe to 24 year olds. Um, but I can assure you, uh, whilst the protocol was, um, it was indicated, you know, that, that that was the reason, that was the frustration. I can honestly say it's the frustration of the lack of hope and, uh, and the lack of future and the lack of jobs in those areas that are bringing people to the streets uh, and we need to address it and you know we've had a long time to work at this since when we had the Good Friday Agreement and there's been very very little progress we've put millions of pounds into community development we've put you know uh, transitional money in and yet the same areas uh, are, are still in poverty still have the highest indices when it comes to fuel poverty child poverty Worklessness, economic inactivity, uh, uh, and really, you know, the fundamental issues that needs to be grabbed by local hands is around education and the provision of that education equitably throughout uh, the whole of Northern Ireland. Thanks very much, Sinead. Uh, so that was uh, Sinead McLaughlin, MLA for FOIL. Thank you for joining me on Airing It Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.